Listeners, I present to you the season two finale of the How to Chess podcast. It's a fun one talking about how to improve your Blitz game, whether you should even be playing Blitz, how to curb Blitz addiction should you suffer from it with Vyacheslav Nemich of the Chess Central's blog. So be sure to check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. And I wanted to thank you all for listening to the How to Chess podcast. Please watch this space for announcements regarding the podcast future. But in the meantime, please enjoy this interview and I will catch you all hopefully over on the Perpetual Chess podcast feed. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the How to Chess podcast. We are, of course, a weekly chess improvement focused podcast. We try to give you a few tips to help your game. Um, and this week, we are joined by a chessable author, the founder of the Chess Central's blog. He's FIDE rated about 2175, but stronger at Blitz, as we will discuss. He was an electrical engineer by training, 2600 ratings on both chess.com and Lee Chess. And what we're going to talk about today is a fitting topic the good, the bad, the ugly of Blitz Chess. Um, so before we dive into the topic, of course, I'd like to welcome him to the show. Uh, Vyacheslav Niemec, how are you, Vyako? Oh, hi, Ben, and hi, guys. Thank you for having me here. And uh, hey, I'm excited to talk about the demons and the good and bad sides <laughs> of Blitz Yes, yeah. And as a longtime reader of your blog and someone who follows you on Twitter, we've definitely sort of seen the uh, the ups and downs, but it'll be good to, for you to share your experience, as I'm sure we can all uh, learn through your gains and suffering. Um, so the first question for you, Vieco, is uh, what to you constitutes a good Blitz player? Oh, that's a, actually a really good question. I mean, obviously, uh, a good Blitz player is obviously a strong chess player. That kind of goes without saying. But um, it's not only, only only that, in my opinion, because uh, there, are, there, there are quite a few examples, which I think maybe I can be included, of people who are like not that strong in, in terms of pure classical chess, but they are uh, devilishly strong in Blitz chess. I, I think the, the Russian player Genrik Chepukaitis is a perfect example. So he was international master, but among the best Blitz players in the world. So yeah, apart from pure chess skill, I mean, uh, yeah, speed is a very big important element of a good Blitz player. And uh, I think knowledge of their own systems, like uh, resourcefulness uh, and familiarity with their openings, their their systems. I, I think it's no uh, um, coincidence that good blitz players have their pet systems and specifically tailored blitz opening repertoire. And also then it's that there is like, uh, yeah, I think good intuition and uh, quickness in spotting tactical motives, which is, which is something that all good blitz and also bullet players are excel at. So yeah, a combination of those factors, I would say. Okay, already a long list of things to get good at, to be good at Blitz, but that makes sense. And maybe before we go on with like some tips about how to do that, we should sort of step back a bit and try to establish who should be playing Blitz because uh, both on the How to Chess podcast and on uh, the Perpetual Chess podcast, different trainers and titled players give different advice about like how productive Blitz can be. Um, do you have an opinion or maybe you could talk about your own experience, Vieco, like at what point in a chess player's development, around what rating do you feel that Blitz can really start to be not a total waste of time? Oof. Well, if we talk purely from the, let's say, productivity slash uh, how useful Blitz is for your game, I would say that, I mean, usually the less you do it, the better. But, I mean, if we are talking about, uh, let's say, getting something out of it, 
Hmm. It's it's a tricky question, but I would put the line somewhere between maybe seventeen hundred to two thousand fide. Okay, that's a broad range, but it, it depends. But I, I, my my point is, let's not complete beginners and not uh, and maybe somewhere on the intermediate level, people can start to get something out of wits because um, I think in order to get something out of wits, uh, you need to analyze those wits games. And uh, usually uh, what I have noticed uh, like through working through my students is that sometimes people on lower levels have trouble approaching the analysis of their own games in the best way. And that also, I think, reflects in Blitz games. So I would say that some strength in order to get something out of Blitz is required. Um, but uh, yeah, like I, I mean, ideally, if, you, if the question is whether you can put that time in, into more productive use any, anyway, that probably it's better better to avoid it completely altogether. Although, uh, yeah, I mean, which is fun, and then again, if you want to have fun, that's that's also a perfect tool. Yeah, it's a very good point. We're not, you know, we're not here to tell you guys how to spend your time. Blitz Blitz is a lot of fun, and I think that's the primary reason I play it. That's uh, why Vieco has come back so much over the years to it, uh, as we'll discuss. Um, but if your goal, if you have, if you're like a, a working mom or dad with a very finite amount of time and you're trying to get good bang for your buck, then as Vieco says, especially if you're rated, say, below FIDE 1700, something like that, or that strength, if you're an online player, then Blitz might not be the best use of your time. Now, I want to go back to something you said about openings. You said a lot of strong Blitz players have um, narrow sort of specialized repertoires. And that's something where I think Blitz can be helpful. Um, so what's your approach been in terms of uh, how how you play, how you manage your, your Blitz repertoire and what you try to take from each Blitz game? Uh, well, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't say that I have had a particular Blitz repertoire. I would just say, so my main opening with Black for years have been uh, the modern defense, which is uh, G6 um, almost against everything. Which, of and, course, is your chessable course, we yeah, should say. Yeah, exactly. And the, pro the thing is that this opening is somewhat rare and somewhat, let's say, you know, many people who, who study something with white, they don't study it uh, that well. And then for Blitz, uh, it's perfect. Like for and almost for any online play, when people don't prepare for it, it, it works perfectly. Especially when there is short time control, because people then don't have a little time to figure it out over the board. But as we have said, the good and the bad, the ugly, the downside of that was that I have gotten used to playing it for years, and then I never studied anything else properly. And in when when it kind of came to over the board chess, uh, it caused me problems because in over the board chess, people can prepare and modern is somewhat tricky or dubious opening. And then this, uh, it's uh, good sides when it comes to blitz and its trickiness in blitz didn't reflect over the board. So this is one example also how blitz can harm your classical chess because you get used to getting away with things and playing, you know, not so good openings and don't put effort into learning maybe something more mainstream. That makes sense, and I understand that this has led to a, a break in uh, Blitz for you? Uh, yeah, I haven't played for, for last year because I have been trying to put more focus on the classical chess and actually training uh, chess, and I have been playing, when I play chess, I try to play longer time control games with increment. But uh, and, I mean that's only part of it. The other part of it, because I was I I, I used to have an unhealthy relationship with, with Blitz. So uh, like not once, 
so first of all, I have noticed that I often used Blitz as an escape when, when I was anxious or when something was bothering me. I would play much more Blitz than necessary. It was kind of an, of an addiction slash escapism problem. And not once did I like go on a long all-nighter where I would play hundreds of Blitz games from, I don't know, 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. and then go to work next day. That was back in the electrical engineering company. And uh, yeah, it, it like, you know, as much as it did good sometimes for my Blitz overall, because uh, I played a lot and then got a lot of practice, it, it, you know, th- that feeling at 7 a.m., it's not a good feeling. And I decided that ultimately I have to make some change because, yeah, it's, it's not good for me. Not to mention that there was a lot of anger and uh, resentment toward myself, toward my opponents, toward everybody. So, yeah, it, it can be a tricky road very, very quickly. So, so that's why I stopped, among other things. But also yeah. because of the chess improvement things. Yeah, I I can can certainly relate. For me, uh, Blitz is not quite as addictive as Bullet. So I I've had one or two like you know a handful of nights in my life like that. Um, probably not staying up all night, but certainly staying up a few hours later. And suddenly you become obsessed with some like rating milestone that's like totally meaningless in the in the grand the grand scheme of things. But at that moment, it feels very important. And yeah, you can ignore the things that that actually matter in life. So Bianco, I have to ask, did you? Did you try moderation? You know, like when you're an addict, you can either just quit something or you can try to moderate it. Um, And it sounds like you ultimately decided on just straight up abstaining in order to live a healthier life. But did you did you have a period where you only tried to play a little bit or tried to set clear boundaries for yourself with Blitz? Yep, didn't work. (laughs) I mean, I mean, it uh, that was weird. Like I, I sound like a child, but I tried to like say, and I I would actually recommend to anybody like that's a good tip. Like if you are playing Blitz, try to make it uh, try to play either limited uh, hours of day or limited number of games. Uh, and also, you know, there, there, we have, haven't mentioned it, there are differences between playing Blitz and playing Blitz with increments. So 3 plus 0, that's what I've been special specialized, quote-unquote, is a completely different ball game because of, of all the flagging involved than to Blitz with increment. But uh, yeah, I've tried moderating it, but you, I mean, if I, for example, if I... I don't know if I set certain milestone, and then I, 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 I my obsession is was with online ratings. And then, for example, if I would play five games, and on the fifth game I would drop be- between certain number that on that day it seemed acceptable, I would have to continue until I get back. So it it it's, it didn't quite work for me somehow. Yeah. Yeah, it can be it can be challenging for sure. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Like again, like mental health and you know having the proper priorities is is more important than whatever someone's blitz rating is. But nonetheless, we still want to get better, Vieco. So you got to yeah. give us a few tips. So my my first question is sort of, what is your approach to clock management? I've heard people like uh, Daniel Naroditsky say you should never spend more than 15 seconds on a given move. People have different approaches in terms of like how. The, how willing they are to fall behind on the clock compared to their opponent. What What's your approach? Well, I haven't actually never consciously thought about it, but uh, yeah, my, my, I think for clock management in particular, knowledge of the opening uh, is very, very, or knowledge of ideas in the opening, so to speak, is is uh, is very important because even if, for example, you play a theoretically inferior move if it if you have a clear idea of what you will do and if it, if it is inferior because of some complicated sequence the, the chances is that your opponents won't get away will not punish it and will, you will get away so my my strategy was always to kind of pre-move the opening basically for the first 10 15 moves and then you kind of already accumulate a significant advantage on the clock and yeah later i mean 
yeah, like sometimes you obviously catch yourself in deep things, but the approach is okay. Like if you see an intuitive move and you you can calculate it, well, just make it. So you know, move move first, think later is generally useful. Yes, you know, sometimes you will lose a game or two or three because of it, but more often than not, you know, especially if you are playing three plus zero, uh, which I do, uh, it pays off in, in over the large sample of games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so some great advice there, Vieco. Do you have any other tips you could impart? We're almost out of time here, but any yeah. sort of other general tips you could give for improving one's blitz game? Yeah, do do a lot of uh, tactic, like fast tactics, because uh, yeah, in, intuition and spotting ideas is more important than actual calculation. Like seeing one or two moves, even if it does conf- confuse, is important. So do a lot of tactics and play some opening that you really really know know well like even if it's not not objectively correct and don't spend too much time in the opening for sure and uh, yeah like if you're playing triple zero get a good mouse and uh yeah try uh, try to convert positions uh, simply because i often see people in blitz trying to find the absolute maximalistic approach and i don't know win in brilliant fashion but i think you know when you have 30 seconds and you 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 have to practice converting those positions seamlessly because that's where where a lot of blitz games is decided in my opinion it comes with practice but also you know with some conscious thinking and effort if your goal is pure blitz but once again all these tips sometimes have like you know if you don't practice calculation then you will not calculate in longer games it might it may be good for blitz but it may backfire in in longer classical controls so yeah it's always a danger yeah that's interesting maybe we'll take that to a bonus segment we can talk about sort of the adjustments you've made um for your for your classical game but one last thing on on the blitz you mentioned conversion shout out to aim chess they tell me that's that's a weakness of mine um so and i'm sure i'm not alone so is that something it sounds like a big part of your secret sauce is just you put in, you know, tens of thousands of blitz games. But yeah. is conversion something that you actively practice, or just something you feel like you've gotten better because you've had so many reps? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, you've gotten better, but sometimes like uh, it's important. I, I mean, what I took away from my blitz games, but one again, that's probably the reason why it, it works for blitz is uh, I've when when I was I kind of check where, why I didn't win, and I have a one position why I didn't win. And uh, and uh, how I could have improved that. So sometimes that even amounts, like for example, if it's time scramble, it sometimes even accounts to okay. I I, I try to convert, but actually it would have been better to play inferior moves or some checks to get to win on time. Which once again, one of the reasons problems I have in my classical games nowadays is actually converting positions because I've gotten into a habit of not being accurate in conversion, but just trying to either confuse the opponent or win on time. Which is, but yeah, those those kinds of things are things where you can do a mental conscious adjustment when playing blitz and saying, okay, let me just, you know, he pre-moves something, let me just make a move that ma- makes him spend three additional seconds on the clock because I prevent. Like for example, if the the king is on g2 and he moves g- king g2, king g1, I will play rook g1 so that he can't pre-move king g1 and like those. That, right. those yeah, 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 dirty yeah. tricks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah it's yeah. all. It's all part of the game, and that makes me think in bullet chess. Yeah, I've noticed again. Try not to play it very much, but I've noticed that often it, it can be a burden if you're the one with a winning position because yeah. you're the one trying to uh, you're the one trying to actually make a plan and do something, whereas the person losing has the freedom to just like instantly move, which can actually lead to uh, flagging the person. Yeah. Um, so we'll leave it there, and then uh, I'm going to sum up what we've learned so far, Vieco. This mm-hmm. has been great, and then I want to hear a little bit about how you've transitioned to uh, classical training. Okay, that sounds good. Thank you.
And we are back with our three improvement takeaways. And in this case, they are blitz improvement takeaways. Um, and the number one thing that I think that I learned from Vieco is just the importance of knowing your openings inside and out. And as the author of the One Everything G6 course on Chessable, of course, it makes sense that he can get a huge leg up having put the work in to make that course. And again, as he mentioned, it's, a, it's an opening that a lot of people haven't specifically studied. So it can give a big edge both on the clock and in terms of uh, knowing the structure that come from it. And it, it's not, and as Vieco himself concedes, it's not the best objective opening, but for the purpose of Blitz, it, it gives him a competitive advantage. Um, number two is quick tactics training, which again makes sense. You're not looking to unearth some brilliant 12-move combination. You're looking for tricky moves, even if something um, might not be objectively great, but it's challenging for your opponent to face. It can be a good um, thing to play. And by by training your quick tactics, you'll at least have the idea. And then whether you're sure it works or not, you can put your opponent to the test, especially if you're playing without increment, as Vieco has done, although he doesn't necessarily uh, advocate if you're working on your classical game. Um, number three, I thought I found super helpful is don't always try to play the best move, especially as he mentioned, it can be late in a time scramble, even if you have the advantage on the board. That doesn't mean you need to be uh, trying to actually win on the board. You can um, just put your opponent in check, uh, catch them off guard, uh, try to make a threat that they have to respond to, or at least just keep the clock moving, just get the ball back in their court. So uh, these are the, uh, the the dirty truths of Blitz, which is a, a dirty business at times. So I'm very grateful to Vieco for sharing a few of his tips, but now I'd like to welcome him back and talk a little bit about uh how he transitions to classical training. So, Vieco, you found this wasn't helping your slow game. So what are you trying to do to help your slow game? Well, I'm not playing Blitz. <laughs> no, I'm... Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, there are many, many adjustments. And um, I have to be honest, like, my classical, even though I have been working, has not been really improving as of yet, uh, at least on, on in the terms of rating. So, But what I'm doing, I'm trying uh, to do a lot of calculation like, cal exercise, but actually... Not a uh, quick calculation exercise, but, you know, the good old school solving with uh, pen and paper and actually trying to see the lines. So in order to actually go deeper than what you're doing when you just play Blitz, uh, I'm playing longer training games on online and not only uh, uh, Blitz and Bullet and not Blitz. I'm uh, trying to study some you know, more correct openings, if you will, in particular, neither Fengrufeld with Black. So actually putting way, way, in general, I'm putting way more time in studying not not only playing. And uh, and I'm very trying to be careful about how, how I study it. And when I play, I play always with increment in order to get rid of some of these problems. And when I'm playing, one of the things that was very problematic for me was impulsiveness, which which was also a real result of my natural character and and as well as a lot of you know habits developed by playing blitz. So I have butchered and lost many games because I played move instantly, which is some good in blitz but bad in classical. So I tried to make conscious effort during the games not to do that, and it's hard, but it's I'm getting there. Uh, Glad and, to hear. And and many other things, of course, but that's just from the top of my head. Yeah, that yeah. already a lot to follow up on there. First yeah. of all, the MVL repertoire, the gum, the Grunfeld and the Nidorf, that's uh that's serious business. That'll that'll keep you busy alone with all the time you're saving by by not playing Blitz. Yeah, but, exactly. But I also want to follow up on calculation exercises because people always are curious like which uh courses or books to study. So which which have you been working on, Vieco? 
Well, actually, I have started working with a coach, and he has been providing me with a, like a weekly set of exercises each week. So that that's what I do. But I think basically, almost every every solid book, like uh, one of my favorite books was this uh, Chaba Balog book, uh, where, where he compiled uh, uh, highlights from uh, from 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 games from that year. So there was a puzzle book from from top level games that were played, I think, in 2019 and stuff. Uh, classical, uh, all Agar's books are pretty, pretty good. Uh, Woodpecker Method is good. Encyclopedia of uh, Chess Combinations, soon coming on Chessable, is also good. So, oh, cool. Yeah. That's a classic, yeah. yeah. yeah there's, a lot of, there's a lot of this, and usually if you go with a classic book, you, you can't go wrong. But even if you just navigate through a certain game, uh, and try to do like navigate to some complicated position, then try to do calculation. It, it works, but there is a difference in my opinion between uh, tactical training, where you kind of you know have a position and why to win, where to win, or let's say calculation training, where you have a complicated position where you have to navigate it, but it's not necessarily leading to some decisive advantage. So yeah, there are different ways you can do it, but so far I'm doing like more hardcore, just uh, why to play and win, where to play and win, often divided by tactical teams. Okay. Lot, again, a lot of good insights there. And, and I think my last question, Vieco, you mentioned training games. Um, so someone like you with like a blitz background, when you play a training game, what time control do you gravitate towards? Uh, so recently I played a lot of 10 plus 0. Uh, oh, rapid, okay. Rapid. So that's still pretty fast. Yeah, that's fast, and it's also bad because uh, it still doesn't have increment. It, it doesn't have. Uh, uh, it still has flagging involved. But now I, I reached my milestone there, so I, I think my, my, my coach told me to play 15 plus 15 at the very least so that, that yeah can, and it's better to play one one game like that in a week than 10 10 10 plus zero games or something so if we are talking purely from the productivity viewpoint yeah it's not nearly as fun and it's kind of demanding sometimes but uh but yeah that's that's okay what i've been trying to do all right well well good luck with the otb grind uh Vieco and um any chance we'll see you back in the Blitz streets? Do you think there's a comeback in your future uh, at, at some un, undetermined date in the future? Well, I actually have an anonymous, an anonymous account, which I was used to practice some of these openings. Uh, so it's not all that uh, bad. And I, uh, But then I got that to 2600 as well and stopped. So maybe oh, maybe, maybe a third account or, or, or I will sacrifice one of these so that, yeah. So that numbers don't have to be at 2600 all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. We we can all hope for that enlightenment at some point in our life, but it's it's yeah. tough to uh, not fixate on the round numbers. And in your case, it's a uh, it's an impressive round number. So yeah. thanks for uh, thanks for sharing your insights, Vieco. Um, yeah. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, thanks for letting me vent my frustrations and <laughs> and good luck, everybody. It was <laughs> great being here. <laughs> Excellent. Good note to end on. Yeah. Thank you, Vieco. Bye. Bye.